You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello, and welcome back to this third episode now of talking about uh, when life goes haywire. And uh, today we have uh, guest Marius on. Welcome back to the podcast, Thanks Marius. Thanks for having me. And I say welcome back because uh, Marius several weeks ago shared his uh, story of coming to faith in Christ. If you didn't get a chance to watch that, I'd really encourage you to go back and watch uh, Marius' story of coming to faith. And uh, and we want to share um, Bible truth with you, things that we've found in the Bible, and basically... What we're doing here, Marius, is is we want to hold forth the Bible as having answers for people's lives. You'd probably say that that's true in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, and we both say that actually. And uh, sometimes, you know, life does go haywire, and you feel like you have insurmountable problems. And oftentimes, people just don't know where to turn. And probably our knee-jerk reaction is to go to a psychologist, to go to a psychiatrist or something like that. Maybe it's to talk to family members. Really, what we need is God's truth. And uh, we're kind of making the case here. We have been making the case that um, that uh, there is a God in heaven who gave us the Bible. And the Bible is our instruction manual. And we want to talk more about why that's the case, and it's because God made us. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go along here, right? Yeah. Um, but most people, you know, in life, Marius, don't realize that God made them. And I think what ends up happening is they don't go seeking after God. They don't come to the Bible as being their instruction manual. And what happens is they have a faulty view of who they are. Yeah, that could, it's a big problem that, you know, that's a good, that could cause a big problem in life, you know. And let me ask you, what, what do you think are maybe some of the false places that people, when, when, when people get an idea in their head of, of who they are, this is a very core question, I think that everybody asks at some point in their life, who really am I? And if we're not getting it out of God's word, where are we getting that from? Yeah, well, I think uh, you probably get it from your outside influences. You know? Yeah. Um, the the way you your upbringing, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, places where you live, like in your work, the work situation, mm-hmm. your peers. Uh, yeah, maybe your family. Maybe you hold up uh, some pop icon or rock star as your. Uh, you get your identity from that particular person, right? You know that's a quite a big one these days. Yeah, I'm thinking Disney Channel and all this stuff, right? <laughs> all the pop uh, culture icons out there that are shaping kids from the youngest ages yeah. right up through adulthood, and everybody kind of uh, gets their self-image from what they f- um, what they like, what they see on television, and yeah, those sorts yeah. of things. They yeah. try to eat emulate that that's the thing yeah 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 absolutely and uh, from a christian worldview these are wrong places to get our identities from yeah um uh, this this isn't really who we are you know some people might identify themselves based on their career choice yeah well you know like somebody might say well i'm an architect or um i'm an engineer or this and that's where they get their identity from. Yeah, maybe they'd introduce themselves, or you might ask somebody like, 
who are you? Oh, I'm an I'm, I'm an, an engineer. You know, that's engineer. the first thing they say right about themselves. You know, and that's how they define themselves. They do, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, and so they're how they define themselves is based on what they do. That's right. Rather than who they are. That's right. Uh, it's uh, it has to be what God made you. Mm-hmm. It has to be. That's where you got to get your worth from. And one of the problems I see with this is, let's say you get your worth and your sense of meaning from your career choice. And what do you do when your career choice, let's say you're an architect, yeah. and that job, that career just gets pulled right out from under you. Yeah. What do you do and where do you turn? All of a sudden, you've lost your identity, yeah. who you thought you were. A lot of people get into trouble with that. Yeah. Um, if you don't turn to God... Mm-hmm. Where you should get your identity from, yeah. uh, you're going to struggle. Yeah, well, take uh, a person that's abused. Now, we're not necessarily talking only about sexual abuse. Um, it could be something like take something verbal. A child grows up and by accident drops the plate, mm-hmm. and the father or the mother keeps on saying to and the child, "Does it once?" And like you stupid, clumsy child, why you do this now? And mm-hmm. maybe get a hiding or something for it. And then it happens again, happens again, and it gets reinforced in that child's image of himself. Yeah, wow. And I, they just, like, when they're adults, it just plays out in their lives. Mm, that's you know? a wonderful example. Yeah, uh, yeah. Emo, emo, verbal and emotional abuse. That's very bad. Can, can affect you for your whole life. It can be worse than physical abuse. Yeah. Verbal abuse. It's very, very deep. And, and so when we... I think we can trace a lot of these life problems that we've been bringing up and talking about over the past few weeks. We can trace these to a faulty image of self. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, I would say, when we come to Scripture and we're looking to sort out these very often very difficult life problems, the place to start with is, do we have a proper view of ourselves? Do we... Uh, do we view ourselves accurately in a truthful way? Yeah. And the thing is, is the Bible tells us who we are. We don't have to go through life looking for and trying to discover who we are. No. The Bible tells us. Let me go to Genesis one twenty seven, where it tells us um, about ourselves and who we are. It says in verse 27, this is, by the way, the creation account uh, where we learn about that God created all of creation, including mankind. And the Bible says that we're the pinnacle of God's creation. Um, It's fascinating to think about, but uh, people are the very pinnacle of God's creation. And why is that? Uh, Because of what it says here in verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them. So God created man in his own image. And then just in case we didn't get it, he repeats it. In the image of God created he them. them. And then immediately it says male and female Female, created he them. So our identity, who we are, is, is either male or female. And, and uh, we're created in the image of God. Right. This has some profound implications for us. 
Marius, what would you say, uh, when we, I mean, this is a big topic that even theologians argue about what exactly does this mean, but broadly, what could we say about the image of God? It, you know, the Bible says that we all in some way carry the image of God so that we can see a little bit of God, a reflection of God in each person. What does that mean to carry the image of God? Well, it just puts it just puts a lot of worth on you as a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really the image of God. You can't really go much higher than that. There's nothing outside of God. Mm-hmm. That uh, He made us in His image. Yeah, He created us, uh, and we're very special to Him. Yeah, and and the idea of an image. I mean, we resemble God in certain ways, right? Right. Yeah. I and mean, we could talk about three ways that we image God, and the first first way that we would say we image God is um, in our personhood. Yeah. You know, we're persons. We're persons, yeah. And the reason is because God is a person. And by the way, um, since we image God, since we reflect something of the true nature of God, this helps us to understand that God is a person right. that can be known. Absolutely. Um but the fact that God is a person and he made us like himself and that we are persons, that we have personhood, like you said, it just gives us tremendous value and worth. Absolutely. By the way, this is one of the things that separates us from the animal kingdom, right? From a biblical worldview, we're not animals because, Marius, a dog doesn't have personhood. No. No. No, no. And dogs are not said to be no. made in the image of God. That's why a dog, when it looks at itself in a mirror, just thinks it's another dog. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's like, right. Yeah, it doesn't got that perception that of self. Right. A dog can't uh, conceptualize himself. No. And, uh, you know, we think on a much higher order than animals. We, we can talk about intelligence that animals have, but it's yeah. a low-order intelligence. Right. And one other thing as well, I mean, human beings have a will. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that comes from God. Yes. So we're able to choose, mm-hmm. make a choice. Yeah, and not only that, but we can conceive of the future. Yeah. You know, we can make plans. That's right, yeah. And we can work toward plans. And that's another thing that the animals don't yeah. do. No, 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 they don't. Uh, they, don't uh, they don't really plan for the future. No, and also God is a creator. Mm-hmm. And so we find that the same, uh, we are creators as well, small capital C, Mm-hmm. You know, small creators, but we create things in our jobs. We create things right. in art, yes. for instance, and we get great satisfaction and a sense yeah. of joy out of Absolutely. creating. Mm. Yeah, we have creativity because we're made by a yeah. wonderful creator, God. Yeah, and I mean, if you read f- uh, further there, God says we uh, He gives man dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. So man yeah. is made to rule mm-hmm. because God is a ruler. Right. So that's what man is made to rule. Yes. When you think of everything of what it means to be a person that uh, that makes us who we are, I mean, these are reflections of God. And uh, another thing that we w- we might point toward is uh, is our spirits. You know, God is a spirit. Yeah. And He gave us a spirit. And what that means is that we can relate to God on a spiritual level. I mean, as people made in the image of God, we have 
the capacity to know God spiritually. Yeah, we absolutely. I think uh, God kind of places that in you as a human being. Yeah, um, and I know you shared in your testimony s- several weeks back about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. Yeah, and um, and the reason that you know we can commune with the Spirit of God is because we ourselves have spirits. That's right. Yeah, I don't think everyone believes that. No, a lot of people don't believe that. Uh, yeah. You're just some kind of animal, higher animal or something. They have the thing that you're just another animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I've spoken to many uh, atheists who just aren't quite sure if we have spirits. Yeah. Um, but I think um, in our heart, we, we all understand that we do have some immaterial part of us, whether you call it the soul or the spirit, or whether it's the soul spirit, you know, whether it's one or two entities. Um but we have a spirit, and the Bible says that we have a spirit. And the reason is because we're made in the image of God. Yeah, It's that very life of God, the spirit of God, that gives uh, life to the body. Mm-hmm. Remove that spiritual side of man. A man just drops down and goes mm-hmm. back to dust. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, we could talk about that the animals have a soul, for example. But they don't have a spirit in the sense of being able to communicate with and to know God on no. a personal level. In fact, animals can't even know us on a personal level. Okay, a dog will look at you with those pouty eyes and you'll think, well, this dog is my best friend. That dog doesn't truly know you the way another person knows you. And That's maybe why you can give a dog to a, if you moved from one place to another and you can't take your animal with you. Yeah. Give the dog to another person, he'll just latch on to the other person. Right. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And yeah. you would never, um, you know, under normal circumstances, you wouldn't just give your wife to another person. You, you wouldn't <laughs> no, uh, give your child not. to another person. No. Um, but you wouldn't have quite so much heartburn or angst about giving your dog away. No. Uh, because you don't relate to your dog on the same level that you do a, a human being. And that's because human beings have spirits and are made in the image of God and can relate to other people with spirits and to God as a spirit. Yeah. And one other thing we might mention with our similarity to being made in the image of God is the moral resemblance that we have to God. Yeah, human beings knows instinctively, basically. comes from God, obviously. Mm -hmm. What's right and what's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a sense of right and wrong that animals don't have. Yeah. And there's a sense of oughtness that we have. You know, we, we just have this sense of, I ought to do this, I ought not do that. Yeah. And that's, again, a reflection of God, and it's because God has a, himself has a moral character. You know, and the Bible talks about that God is a holy God, and everything that he does is right. And that really defines who God is. Um, he's... His holiness, his rightness, is is an essential attribute of God's character. Right. And he made us the same way, only unlike God, we also have a experiential knowledge of what's wrong. We don't, yeah. don't always do what's right. Sometimes no, no, we do no. what's wrong, but then there's a sense of guilt. That's right, yeah. And, and that's what God gave us. And so, Marius... What, what does this really mean for us that we're made in God's image? Could it be that because God made us, because we're made in his image, that now we have a sense of dignity 
and also endless worth, you know, that our spirits and our souls that that we as persons have this inherent worth because we're made by God, we're made in his image. Yeah, and I'm just thinking now, I've got it open here in Psalm 139. Okay. Uh, I'll just pick it up. I mean, um, I'll just go to Psalm 139 verse 14. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'll just skip down to verse 17, but I'll just read verse 14. It says, I, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Your soul knows that you're worthy mm-hmm. as a person. Hmm. It brings you that. Now, verse 17 says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. God thinks about us all the time. Yeah. We are on his mind all the time. Mm-hmm. Might not look like it, might not feel like it, but yeah. he thinks about us all the time. And he cares for us. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 18, I think it says, If I could count them, they are more than number than the sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. Mm. And he, somewhere in, in the same psalm, yeah, David says, it doesn't matter whether I go to heaven, whether I go to down to earth, go to under the earth, God's there all the time. Yes. We, we're yeah. never alone, basically. Right. You know, that's... Uh, yeah, he's the God who sees, <clears throat> and uh, he, he always... Uh, he's always watching, and what David says, what did he say? Thinking precious thoughts toward us. Yeah, God thinks of us as, uh, all the time. We're on his mind. And I love the flow of the passage there. He talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made That's in right. our mother's wombs. I mean, it was God who fashioned and made us, you know, as the master creator and designer he made us uniquely who we are all the way back in our mother's womb. That's right. And it actually says that here in the scripture. Yeah. And if God took the care to fashion us and shape us in our mother's womb, it tells us that God loves us and he cares about us. Yeah. And so now David comes along later and he says, you know, I know that God made me and shaped me in my mother's womb. And now God is thinking all of these thoughts toward me the infinite god of the universe is thinking thoughts toward me he made me yeah and he loves me and cares about me and it's too it's much mind, for, mind-boggling it's mind-boggling and he yeah. said it was basically he said it was mind-boggling for him yeah and and uh, how can you conceive of the infinite god uh thinking thoughts about piddly little me yeah you know I think David, in another place in the Psalms, he says, um, what is man that you are thinking about him? Mm-hmm. Like he just can't fathom that. It's like he's trying to work it out, mm-hmm. and he just can't work it. It's yeah, just Psalm like, 8. It just, yeah, Psalm 8. It kind of yeah. just, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, we've been talking about these big life problems, yeah. and we're basically inviting people to consider the Bible as as uh, having wisdom for life and speaking into life and and having answers to solve yeah. these big problems. And this is a, such a foundational thing. It goes to the very question of who am I? 
and and God comes back through his word and he says, I made you and I think precious thoughts toward you. Yeah. And that's where we get our sense of worth from, our value. Yeah. We are valuable people. We we do have personal worth. And you know, there might be people who feel worthless. <laughs> and um Yeah, sadly so. Or think of other people as being worthless. Yeah, I mean, you may you may be walking down the street and there's somebody lying down the street drunk. Yeah. Or somebody's like, you see their guys just on drugs or something and you think, well, they're not worth much. Who cares yeah. about them? Walk past. Right. You know, but they have the image of God. They're still made in the image of God. Isn't that just astounding to think about? The, the drunk uh, lay, laying in the gutter. God cares for him so Bears the very image of God. Absolutely. And says something, you know, our lives say something about who God is. So that's why it's so perplexing to me when people deny even the existence of God and deny the spirit. Yeah. Because that person is, uh, you know, and people like to say there's no evidence of God. And yet God says that that person whom he made is actually a reflection of God. Yeah. Even the person who says they don't believe in God, in some way they're a reflection of who God is. Yeah. And that makes them valuable in God's eyes. So God loves atheists. You know, God loves the drunk, laying in the gutter. Absolutely. He loves abused people who think that they're worthless or whose self-identity has been shaped by their abuser or by a family member or something. Yeah. And so there are a lot of implications for this. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, people mustn't think that uh, there's no reason to live anymore, Uh, you know, because I'm just useless. I'm... No, no, God doesn't think about you like that. Yeah, wouldn't, he, this, um, uh, wouldn't this help, would you say, wouldn't this help somebody that's in depression? Yeah, absolutely. To think that I am worth something to God. Yeah. I'm not a worthless human being. No. I mean, I, I'll say this, I struggled with depression a lot. Mm. Um, sometimes still, you know. Mm-hmm. It's when I kind of look at myself and I, Measure myself against, uh, I think, well, some other person's maybe more than me. I get this inferiority complex and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, drives you in depression or like whatever you're facing drives you into depression. But is when you start realizing that if you can get your worth from God and no one else, don't get your worth from your job, don't get your worth from family members, from your mother, father, all those are nice things. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get your worth from that. Right. Your inherent That's worth it. doesn't come from those people no, around no. you. It's when you realize that and you look at God and, and He alone satisfies you. Yeah. That's when the breakthrough comes with depression. Lifts you up right out of the depression, Com- Completely, right? completely yeah. changes your mind. Mm-hmm. When you start thinking about yourself in the way that God thinks about you, then you're on the road to freedom, mm-hmm. you know? You pro- I think you find out that your your happiness and your sense of meaning, all these things yeah. just aren't dependent on things that maybe you thought they were dependent That's on. That's right, yeah. And you find out that they actually depend on God. And God's the creator and he never changes. No. His mercy and his love are steadfast. He always thinks these precious thoughts toward us. Yeah. And that ought to just lift the heart. 
And that really is, I, th I would say, that that is uh, it's such a foundational issue. That's the starting point yeah, to solving absolutely. these big problems of yeah. life. Do I even view myself properly in the way that God views me? All right. You know, and if I want to diagnose and fix the problems of life, I have to see myself the way that God sees me. That's right. And I think typically the world's often telling us that I need to love myself more, you know, self-esteem, build myself up. I think the message that we get from the Bible is that really we need to fix our eyes on God. Yeah. We need to seek after God. He's our creator. And uh, and really we need to come into relationship with him. Yeah. Because I just think now of another scripture they, uh, in John chapter, John the Baptist says about Jesus when he's talking about Jesus, I think it's in chapter three, I think. And he says, he must increase. I must decrease. Yes, yeah. And that doesn't mean you're just putting yourself down or anything, but it does mean that you're looking at yourself from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're basically taking your eyes off of yourself and, and looking at God. Yeah. Uh, th this really is the, the, uh, the starting point for solving so many problems. And so, you know, if you're thinking about the Bible and how it applies to life, Consider this as a starting point. Um, there's there's this organization called Answers in Genesis, and it's uh, amazing how many answers really we can get from just the first few chapters of Genesis because that's yeah. the creation account. Yeah, and uh, and God says in Genesis chapter one that He created us in His image, and so that's that should be the starting point for uh, tackling these big problems of life. Yeah. Um, seeing ourselves from God's perspective, and then seeking Him. If if we're the the, the created, we we ought to be seeking the Creator. Yeah, that's right. Seeking to please the Creator, and uh, that's that's the beginning of solving so many problems. Yeah, absolutely. So what Marius and I want basically want to leave you with and tell you is that uh, the Bible does have answers for your life, and you know we, we would say that. Uh, that uh, we we do offer biblical counseling, and you know maybe you have uh, problems that that you would like to get counsel on. And as I said last week, you know I don't have any wisdom of my own. None of us do. What we can do is point you to the wisdom of God's word, and the Bible does have answers. So maybe you have a problem in your life. Maybe you have a family member or a friend. Maybe you know someone who has a a problem. That they like to talk about uh, with us, we'd be happy to share the wisdom of God's word. And uh, also, outside of that, uh, I, I'm the pastor of the Navin Baptist Fellowship, and Marius is a member of our fellowship. And we get to, together every week, Sundays at four o'clock, to uh, read and study the Bible. And we'd love for you to join us, and uh, you'll, you'll get uh, truths. We, we would say maybe nuggets of truth nuggets of truth yeah out, out of the Bible that apply to life and so really you ought to be in the Bible on a regular basis um, daily and weekly and that's what our weekly Sunday meeting is all about Amen. and so I, I'd invite you to drop in and join us We're, we meet in the Clonard house in Market Square in Navin uh, at four o'clock every Sunday we'd love to see you but otherwise if you're having uh, experiencing any trouble, um, and there's just, or you're having a problem in life that you would like to work through, 
and seek counsel on, we're here. You don't have to go through it alone. And we'll point you toward God's wisdom. So may God bless you. Oh